On today's episode of Skyscraper Sports, we talk about unsolicited dick pics. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all you really need to know. JL, hit the music. For the Jets. And there's a shot, they score! Anders Lee on the rebound! There it goes! See ya! Nets win in overtime! Backs into the end zone, touchdown Giants! They score! Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and Welcome to another bombastic episode of Skyscraper Sports, judging right off of that intro. It is bombastic, isn't it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My name is JL, John Luke Shapiro, alongside my buddy Kevin Krupe here today. Hi, Kevin. On Hello this there. episode of Skyscraper Sports, uh, it's just me and Kevin here today. And um, Russell is not with us today. Russell is playing in a band, and he's how, upstate. How dare he follow how, his passions? How dare he have hobbies? How dare Ru- he go and travel? So Russell is not with us. So it's just you and it's just uh, you and I today, Kevin. So how joyous! Couple, uh, don't patronize me, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, I would patronize you more if you want me to. No, that's okay. I've been through enough today. Anyways, <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> we got a lot to touch on in the New York sports scene today. And obviously, we're going to hit the, the gorilla into the room. The former men's I'm, I'm sorry. Manager, did you say the gorilla in the room? The gorilla in the room. Yes, I did. What's wrong with that? I mean, I thought the, you know, idiom was elephant in the room. I come up with my own idioms, Kevin, okay? <laughs> but they have to make sense. Okay, we're going to tackle the elephant in the room. Thank you. Shut up, Kevin. I mean, that's, a, that's a reference everybody would get, right? Uh, everybody understands. Okay, anyways. Right. No, 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 no. It's context more than anything so, else. So, former, now former general manager of the Mets, Jared Porter, was fired by the Mets. Uh, uh, was it Tuesday? He was fired by the Mets. Today Tuesday is Wednesday. After- he got fired Wednesday. Tuesday morning. He got fired yesterday, yeah. So a report came out from 2016 with ESPN uh, releasing this article written by Jeff Passan and Mina Kimes, um, basically detailing uh, his uh, Jared Porter's alleged um, unsolicited pictures of his junk, along with basically abusing a reporter who and that's putting it lightly. And that's putting it lightly. Now, if you actually sat down and read some of the stuff that he sent, it's, yeah, it's terribly disgusting. I mean, I was shocked at how toxic and persistent this man was. And the sad part is is that when Jared was hired by the Mets, um, you didn't really think much about that. I mean, you, well, I mean, you never want your executives to have a scandal like this. but No. Of course not. But the thing is that uh, when they when Jared was hired, when Jared Porter was hired by the Mets, you, we all gushed about it, and rightly so, according to his track record, considering that he was uh, a top end uh, executive for not only the Cubs, the Red Sox, and the Diamondbacks. And we thought that you know, hey, Mets fans are going to be welcomed to something good. But ESPN dropped that dime, 
that bomb on everyone. And the Mets took swift action. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Cohen and company fired Jared Porter Tuesday morning, promptly so. I mean, they took that was a quick turnaround well, considering the, it all came, things Well, this put is the together. thing. It, the story dropped, I would say, around dropped about eleven o'clock. Uh, yeah, eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, and everything's blowing up. You know, you could. I was on Twitter for like two hours after that. We were discussing it internally, and. I was, everybody's like, oh, you know, why aren't they getting any response, da 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 And, you know, Sandy Alderson was awake, and, you know, he sends responsible looking into this internally. And, look, it's the middle of the night. Steve Cohen is a busy man. And, like you said, rightfully so, promptly in the morning, I think it was like 9.30 in the morning. Not even it was earlier than that. Personal Twitter, it comes out, we have fired Jared Porter, and, like, he lists, like, you know, none of these things are acceptable, and yada, yada, yada. And then mm -hmm. you can come and turn around and say, well, Steve, you had three sexual harassment issues brought to court oh, for you yeah. and then was settled in arbitration, which are sealed, so they can't be brought up back against him. But people mention that, and, yeah, look, that it's it's like, you know, calling the kettle black at that point because it's the same situation, but... He wants to have a different culture like that, and now that he's showing zero tolerance, you could say, like, yeah, maybe he's changed. This was the past. This was his right. company, and now maybe they're taking strides to change all of that after all these indications. But look, at the end of the day, it's completely unacceptable. But Absolutely. I do want to bring up one thing, and it seems like a little, you know, grasping at straws for some people, but I understand it's a it's a big issue. The reporter back then, she was she was from another country, and then Sandy Alderson revealed that it was Korea. And well, that was that was honestly that was just probably a slip up on his part. exactly. But he he was aware. And yeah. look, I understand at the time she was like, I don't want it to be known. I don't want my career being in jeopardy because look, you're a woman in sports, or you're a woman in a lot of different industries. You mm -hmm. speak up, you whistleblow, you do all this stuff. You're essentially blacklisted, and you don't work anymore, mm -hmm. which is terrible. That's so I can understand why she wanted to sit on it, and she told ESPN, don't do anything. But Well, also, too, just to add to your point, uh, the article uh, in question dictates that the abuse... see, at the start of the exchange, there was, a, there was a language barrier. Yeah. And that was clearly stated. So Jared Porter being very obviously American, and, and I just want to make a point, too, like... He took the stupidest selfie with his mouth open. Yeah, like, like that's uh, so that's so dude bro on his part. Like that just, I, I, I saw. I that. know I knew people in college that took pictures it's, like that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's god, stupid. You it's like close your mouth. I didn't even like, need to see the rest of the article to know no. like this was gonna be bad just from well, that one you know, picture. <laughs> yes, like, come on, really. And and also too like. You look at the way he was talking, and mm -hmm. it was very desperate, very sexually charged, very. Uh, toxic. It was disgusting. And it was disgusting. It was, very, it was absolutely disgusting. Disgu and, disgusting and, and disturbing. She, yeah, exactly. And she didn't understand that because there was a language barrier. So she was taking it as just him being like, you know, just oh, this is how Americans are. And then when she began to realize that she was just trying to be nice to keep the relationship with him open. Well, because, you know, when you have the head of scouting for the Cubs... Cubs. You want to know, like, who might be coming up, who are they thinking right. of trading for. She gets the and inside scoop. Wanna... And relationships yeah. like this where, you know, you want to have a personal relationship with somebody to get inside scoops are common. Mm -hmm. That's how people get their quote-unquote sources. Yeah. But, like, this is 
taking it a step too far. No, and I want to say, like, he, 10 he, years ago, 20 years ago, this was probably, like, the norm, which is terrible to say. Which is, yeah, in its own right. But the, another another thing that, one thing that, that really stuck out to me was as soon as she got someone to basically decipher a lot of what he was saying as bad, then she stood up for herself and basically cut it off. Now, another thing that disturbed me the most, or the thing that did disturb me the most, was... Um, she was afraid to be around him. That is... Yikes. She was afraid to be around him, which probably ultimately led to her uh, leaving the sports field in general, which is, again, a, a terrible shame. And obviously, Sandy and uh, Sandy and Steve decided to take the proper action. And, and some people were questioning them, like you said, oh, well, how come they didn't act on it quickly? Okay, first of all, like you said, middle of the night, Sandy released a statement. They're looking for it. You have to remember legal issues. They have to hammer out stuff when it comes to money, contract and all that, because he was signed for four years. Yeah. So you, he, you, you, you have to find a legal way to get Actually, out Well, this is the thing. Like, you could be fired at will, too. At will, too, yeah. But I think they were just trying to figure it out so that they could find the right cause and get all the information. Mm -hmm. And that takes some time. But the fact that they turned around really quick and they were able to get the job done, it it's what it, it's good. So obviously Jared Porter's and also another thing, too, is after the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it seems like MLB is going to turn it on an investigation against him yeah. to kind of see what's going on and which, which will investigate the diamondbacks and the and the cubs and, and the to cubs. see if they knew about this which means they should have disclosed it which yes exactly and you know shani said it himself if the mets had prior knowledge of this situation they, they would hire yeah him. it wouldn't even be a, it wouldn't even be a decision but and you know what knowing you know what gives me a little bit of like relief for the lindor trade for most of the signings it was sandy it was Sandy. So, right. like, Porter was involved, but not as much as Sandy was, which not as leads me to Sandy. believe is we're still okay. And I was worried, like, oh, Jared Porter made all these good no, deals. He got Lindor. It sucks. We lost him. But no. Mm -hmm. And they got their second second pick, essentially, as the assistant GM. Who oh, was Zach still, Scott. Yeah, who will still learn yeah. under Sandy. But well, like, Zach Scott, I, don't get me wrong. Zach Scott's no pushover. He's still a very talented executive. Absolutely. But he still needs – he can, he can learn. If Sandy wants to do that, I'm sure he won't care if he's a GM next year. No, of course not. And versus four know, years from now. Yeah, obviously we know now that not only was Sandy making pretty much all of the calls on all of the big stuff, but um, he was also, you know, he's also, he's just going to run the baseball operations for this year. And honestly, um, that's fine. It, it's it's fine. That's fine. Uh, Sa Sandy, has, Sandy has uh, brought so much uh, fresh air to this organization and in essence, when Jared Porter was here, he was essentially being trained to take Sandy's spot when Sandy ultimately just decides to step back. So yeah. he would have so Jared Porter had the title, but Sandy was doing most of the legwork. It's kind of like yeah. get as many smart and like minded people as possible. Exactly. Because if Sandy wanted to leave early, they still wouldn't have to be like, Well, now we have to promote him, yada yada yada. Right. Yeah, he's still, so he's it still the just GM. Been easier and Jared Porter would have had more say in the matter, but obviously now with this situation coming out, and again, um us here at Skyscraper Sports, we obviously are vehemently against that kind of reaction. And it's not only just a, you know, one-time thing this is something that's gone on in the sports world for a very All long the, time it, but this is this is the thing and now there's like a double standard but before i go on to the double standard i want to just say one thing about jeff passan you knew about this like he knew 
He congratulated the Mets for hiring Jared Porter, and he knew about this information. On multiple occasions, he, he he did this, and it's just like, look, oh, absolutely, you could put up the facade, but don't act like you didn't know. Right. Don't act like you could have come forth or at least pushed it aside. And then, you know, at the same time, it is on Sandy and the Mets to interview women for credible sources in this case. And look, I mean, it is a problem. Women in major league sports or, you know, major sporting, just literally anything higher up, they're not really. They just hired their first female GM for the Marlins this year. This year. Which is which is saying something. Like, that's terrible that it took yeah. this long. You know, now, people are up in arms because there's a female referee for the Super Bowl. And it's like, look, what what is this toxic masculinity, masculinity happening? First of all, who cares? As long as she can do the job right, that's which all that matters. she's obviously proven because she's gotten right. to this point in the yeah. first point. But this is just completely just the double standards of the sport. Especially baseball. Especially baseball. Yeah, baseball you have, it seems like this problem is you have baseball and hockey. Major league baseball, hockey, football, you have major league players, top of the line players, abusing women, hitting women, you know, <clears throat> just domestic violence at its core, and they still have jobs. Which is terrible yeah. because it comes down to like, look, they can produce on the field and they get me money. It's like no. Yeah. If it's zero it's tolerance for the executives, which it is now, for the players. It, it has to be. Um, Chapman. Um, Familia. Familia. Reyes. Uh, yeah, Reyes. Who's on the Cubs? Not Addison Russell. Um, Addison Russell. Oh, it is Addison Russell. Yeah, Addison, Addison Russell. Russell. Yep. You know, you have these players who are still making millions of dollars because they're considered top of their class. And it's like, I don't care. Well, I'll tell you this. You beat um, your partner. And it's known, and like you got it. You gotta go. Like that's it. it. And it's like, why is there such a high, you know, you know? Let's. Sorry, excuse me. Why is there such a low tolerance for PEDs? But when it comes to beating your significant other, it's yeah. Like oh yeah, sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want. Especially football too. Kareem Hunt. Football is the worst offender. Ray Rice. Ray Rice. uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. I got, yeah. you, you, the list goes on, and you know, those are the more of the star players, and it's just... Yeah. So, <sighs> the one it's thing just that depressing. Want, yeah, no, it's very depressing indeed, and, and, and I wanted to point out something, too. Um, so, uh, Hannah Kaiser of Yahoo Sports, because uh, uh, during the call with Sandy Alderson, had made a question asking if Sandy had hired or had uh, spoken to any women about the hiring, and Sandy was honest in his answer, and he said no. And uh, she replied by saying, maybe that's something you can consider in the future. Yeah. And Sandy promptly said, okay, we'll do or yes. Now, my problem here is that, you know, we're talking about reporting. You know, I think that was a very valid question. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a very valid follow-up, a very valid follow-up suggestion. But if you're going to make that suggestion, please do me a favor and report what Sandy said. Because if if we're going to have a league and a relationship with, you know, if the media is going to have a relationship with the league and we're looking for transparency and you have to report everything, her initial tweet basically made it seem like he ignored her. Yeah. He actually acknowledged it. And he actually realized that going forward that the Mets are going to be more open to that. So it's I a two-way street. No, yeah, it's I'm two glad you street. pointed it out because yeah. – 
I saw that tweet and I'm like, oh wow, he really said that, and or he really brushed it off. And then I saw the actual question. And I watched the video. I'm like, no, he didn't. So yeah, that's so, another thing because a lot of people form their opinions on Twitter mm-hmm. just based off of it's quick hits. It's the same thing with that's you know the, you see that's an article. The status of our age now. It is no, know, but you like, see an article and you don't read, and it's like you know you don't know what is quote unquote fake news, and you know just 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 to know. But Michael Brentley, I think, was it Michael Brentley? Yeah, yeah. He apparently was just signed today. to the Jays today, but no, he was signed no, to the Astros, and it's just—it's mm-hmm. like, wow, this that, that, that blah, 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 blah. and yeah. people are so quick to like be on something that you know, mm-hmm. especially with the Springer news, which I'm gonna segue right into it right well, now. I was—I I just wanted to say something real quick before we. Uh, okay, right stop the so. stop the segue train all you want. <laughs> well, you before you woo, took the woo. words right out of my mouth, Kevin. So obviously, just to quickly summarize what we were just discussing, Jared Porter fired, and we obviously think his actions are reprehensible, and they're terrible, they're bad, not good. You want to use all of the bad words, it's perfectly uh, fine there. And what should happen is that we need to examine communications, we need to examine people a little bit more on how they are and Mm -hmm. how we interact with people on a daily basis, especially if you're in a power position of power. So with that being said, let's move on over to some baseball news related to the Mets. Um, so it came out just about last night at about 11 p.m. We're recording. Man, what's this with these 11 p.m. stories right now? Just like well, they, they want to catch us off guard in case they're wrong. Either that or they're all happening out West Coast. Um, Even though they're getting signed on the East Coast? Whatever. <laughs> No, well, agencies are out there. I mean, who knows? How dare they not be in my time zone? How dare they not be in the superior time zone, Kevin? The superior. This is Eastern Standard Time. time. New York is We ain't no Arizona who doesn't observe daylight savings. Ooh, heathens. You damn heathens. (laughs) George Springer made a decision last night, and he decided to sign with the Toronto Blue Jays for six years, $150 million, beating out the New York Mets off for six years, $135 million. I don't even think it was that high. I thought it was like $125. No, it was was just about $120. It was, it was, I I thought it was $120, $125. I think, yeah, it might have been $120, $125. Either way, He's decided to sign with the Blue Jays, and Met fans aren't exactly too happy with this. Which makes no sense to me. There's a silver lining to this, Kevin. I know you want to say something on it, but what's the silver lining with with the Mets sets? We have a guy named Francisco Lindor, who is 27, who will be re-signed. I guess that means I'm old, Kevin. Hmm? I guess that means I'm old. I guess so. he's old, then I'm old. He's not. No, I'm saying he's not that old. He's young. He's young in baseball. So you still got a chance. You got to like 31. That's right, Kevin. Thank you for the hope. You're welcome. But anyways. So, you know, I understand. Look, everybody has this expectation. Cohen has all this money. Cohen's doing this. Cohen doing that. Let's rewind really quick because some people don't understand how money works. The Wilpons nickel and dimed everything. And that's not just free agents, not just on-field talent, not just coaching staff. Whole organization, no analytics department, no international scouting, no, you know, United States scouting to a certain degree. Like, you had, I think, four people in the analytics department, which is three, which is egregious. So, <laughs> other, other, just, just, for, just for comparison, the Mets had three, the Boston Red Sox had 20. Yeah, so you can see <laughs> the issue that I have with this. So, that being said... That's money. That's people's salaries. Obviously, it's not nowhere near as close as $150 million 
total mm-hmm. over six years, which is still insane. But mm-hmm. you need to put this money somewhere else. You know, he wants to have long-term success with payroll flexibility. And people don't understand, yes, it's not a real, you know, salary cap. You can exceed it. Da, 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 da. The luxury tax, if you keep going over it, costs more and more every year. More and more every year, yeah. So, first of all, he doesn't want to sign a 31-year-old center fielder who might not even be playing center field in two years. And also, let me just add to that, too. Howie Rose made a great point today on Twitter. And it's very similar to He usually to does make Bellinger. good points on Twitter. No, he usually does. He said that if, if Springer was 27, just like the time where Carlos Beltran was at the time the Mets signed him, you're looking at a completely different ballgame. You're looking at a guy who you can give that money to and halfway through that contract can still be somewhat productive. That's not to say that George Springer is not going to be productive, per se. At 37. At 37, but your trend usually follows. They usually end up petering out second or third year of that contract. Year three of Carlos Beltran's contract, which was 2007, Mm -hmm. legitimately still one of the best center fielders in baseball. Even up until the day that the last year Carlos Beltran played for the Mets, he was in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was still, I mean, injury plagued. Yeah, I mean, wasn't really his. But fault. he was still, he was still dynamite. very productive to the point where the Mets actually ended up getting a top flight prospect for him. So it's not just Does Zach about, Wheeler ring a bell. Zach Wheeler ring a bell. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, what people fail to understand is that. We're not going to spend like sailors like the Yankees did when George Steinbrenner was still alive. You know, Steinbrenner would see a free agent on and he'd say, sign them. And then they wouldn't do well. And then they would either trade them and they do well outside or, you know, they turn to the Jacoby Ellsbury. Of mm-hmm. course. So the thing is, is that so now you don't have that burden to have a guy like that for a long time. So what does that do? You can keep Conforto. And you can keep Lindor with that kind of money. Yeah, no, no, not just one or the other. You get to keep both. You can keep both. both. And what you can do is as contracts go off the books, you can keep other pieces of your team. Like Seth Lugo, the following season is going to be a free agent. Mm -hmm. There you go. You end up, you can sign him for a decent amount of money. You can keep around a guy like, let's say, J.D. Davis if he produces. And as other guys go off the books, you can now open your pocket for more payroll flexibility to where you can probably get like a, a trade for like a Nolan Arenado or like a Chris Bryant. That, if that's, you another, to. that's another great point because a lot of people were saying, look, you can still trade for these guys because you have this payroll flexibility. Right. And if you sign Springer, you don't get these guys next year, the year after, or even this year. No. But mm-hmm. I, I, I love the people where it's like, no, we didn't do anything. You know, they always say this and it's like, Oh, Did you forget on. about all the other signings? They Wait. didn't sign JT Riomoto. <laughs> JT Riomoto, A, is the same age as James McCann. There's no indication that he's getting better. James McCann has actually gotten better over the past three seasons. Yes, he has. And mm-hmm. JT Riomoto actually has gotten a little bit worse. Now, I'm not, not saying that JT Riomoto isn't still the My best catcher. Gone in, down a little bit. Yeah. He's still the best, best catcher in the league, but oh, of course. not yeah. at that money. And it's like, look, you sign JT Riomoto immediately, that means you don't get... Lindor, most likely, and Carlos Carrasco. Right. By the way, mm-hmm. we have Carlos Carrasco, which Carlos people Carrasco. love to forget about. and just Rotation depth, hello. I, I don't understand this. Look, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of Jackie Bradley Jr. JL can attest to this. I I don't want a guy that could, like, you know, he's great. He's a great defender. Nothing wrong against that. But if you are looking for a right-handed bat, you get a right-handed bat. That's why there's a Kiki Hernandez. But... That's or not Marcelo Zuna. Yeah, exactly. The Mets still have so <laughs> many options, but at this point, 
any other year than this year, the Mets would have been done and they would have signed like three guys that are all 34 and over that are not the positions that you want. And it's like, that, no. we made the team better. Yeah. And then they're Anderson hurt. Anderson Simmons at shortstop. They have the, the first yeah. month is fantastic. And then here comes May and they're awful. So <laughs> please stop. Hey, look, like, let's trade. Let's trade John Neese for Neil Walker. That's going to replace Daniel num- Murphy. And number yeah. number one, let's go. I, I, I want to go over this really quick and then let's move on to the Yankees because they actually did yeah. do things. Um, they did. I did already mention JT Riomuto. His, you know, statistics aren't as good as they were. They are trending down. He's asking for way too much money. Trevor Bauer, again, has the Mickey Mouse Cy Young. Mm-hmm. He pitched well in a season where Jacob DeGrom really was starting to, to come it, back. I like that. That's a really good way to put that. I've put it before, but I guess you just don't listen to me. <laughs> no, I, I just I want to commend you again on that. Kevin. Thank you for the first time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I know you don't listen. It's okay. <laughs> no, Kevin, shut up. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways. Um, Trevor Bauer boosted by stats. If he was actually as good as people thought he would be, he would have been signed by now. Same thing as right. with JT Riomuto. George Springer is the only excuse, you know, the, the only thing that I'm a little upset about. But at the same time, they would have gotten him if they didn't get Lindor. It's that, that's it. They would have yeah. gotten him immediately. But Lindor was a priority. You have a guy now that is could be team controlled for seven more years after this. You have the money to re-sign Conforto. You have the money to sign Strowman back if you want to. And if Thor really does want to re-sign with the Mets instead of testing free agency, you can re-sign him too. It, yep, the possibilities right. are endless. And by the way, Brad Hand's still a free agent. Mets you still have still relievers that are free agents. You can trade mm-hmm. for other starting pitchers. There are two pitchers right now in Julio Tehran, and I forgot the other one who he's pitching with in the showcase down in Florida, but... Those guys are good back-end talent. James Paxton also is out there. So, please, they're not going to sign every single superstar. They were the third-best offensive team in the league last year. The third-best. You want to know what their weakness was? Defense. Run prevention. And And not only did you get better with that, you got better on both ends of that spectrum with Lindor being a far better defender and McCann. So not only did you get better with McCann, you got way better with Lindor. And I'll say this right before we transition to the Yankees. Yes. Did we somehow forget, like you said, with the Wilpon signing people, that uh, the best free agent signing we had two years ago was Michael Waka and Rick Porcello for the same amount of money Zach Wheeler went for to the Phillies? Exactly. Come on. So, but, but anyways. No, but this is the thing. Mets yeah. fans, you literally were able to have your cake and eat it too, but don't go for seconds. Yeah. You can't go for seconds. You cannot Stop go it. for seconds. Have some, have some fruit. Have some fruit cups instead <laughs> of Drink cake. some water. Yeah. Go to bed early. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go on Twitter at 11 o'clock no, like I no. do. Well, that's not going to stop, you know, the, the, the Mongo Met fans. But anyways. Yankees time. So on the other side of the bridge, the New York Yankees have somehow managed to sign two players for money. Ah, uh, money! For- yes! <laughs> they're their so, best friend! So after a long, drawn-out negotiation with uh, not only the Blue Jays, but I think the Mets and uh, one other team, which I can't seem to remember, DJ LeMahieu has re-signed with the New York Yankees for six years, $90 million, and... Adding to that, the New York Yankees had also picked up former Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber for a year, basically rounding out 
a very minimalistic offseason for the Yankees, which is very weird considering they're usually the ones making enough moves. Well, it's a very common throughout the uh, MLB this year outside of the well, Mets and the Blue Jays. Well, considering the, the circumstances, that's, you know, that's pretty pretty reasonable to say. But I want to say this about LeMahieu's contract. I was telling this to my dad the other day. Uh, we were driving, and I, I I was just a little blown away at how large that contract is. And, and that was that contract, that signing was pretty much the one to open the floodgates for the most part um, because that kind of set the precedent, and that's probably also going to set the precedent for a Lindor contract too. Um, six years, $90 million. Look, DJ LeMay, he was a wonderful ball player. He's got a solid glove. The guy can hit with the best of them, but I'm sorry, he's not worth ninety million dollars. And I think that I think the Yankees kind of played the hand at this age. At this age, he's not. If it was younger, sure, but he he's not the type of guy that ninety million dollars is a guy that's supposed to give you three the three ninety close to four hundred average forty something home runs, very similar to like a Ken Griffey Jr. kind of. Maybe the markets are different. I don't think he's worth that money. Um, I think I even think they, they they like blew the Blue Jays out of the water too. And it's not did. like, look, the Blue Jays were in on everybody this year, just like the Mets are. And the fact of the matter is, I think the Blue Jays actually dodged a bullet by not being able to re-sign DJ LeMahieu because they have a good young infield. They needed outfield they help, do. and getting George Springer is that little bit of you know help which is now bad for the Yankees. Now, you don't add... I, I guess they what they were thinking was, we'd rather fight with the Blue Jays and only the Blue Jays than fight with the Blue Jays and the Mets when it came to George Springer. But, I don't know. I just... It's such a hard look to see. Like, I even... I'm the, We're Mets fans. We don't care what happens with the Yankees. We really don't. But to see teams not be able to actually, like, go through the mo- like actual off season normally is like mm-hmm. depressing because, yeah, because if we were in that we've been in that situation for years and Even there was no pandemic, pandemic. <laughs> so like we understand the like the hardships like man yeah. i wish they weren't nickel and diamond da, da, da. i don't want to get these guys that are you know want, want their second chances in kluber and blah blah blah, blah. and look cory kluber two-time cy young award winner he's good he's not very as good, good as he used to be no, he's still very effective. He's still he's a very, very effective, effective but, pitcher, though. but that's not good enough for the Yankees fans because you're so used to winning. And yet, it sucks. And you took a really bad contract in Stanton. Aaron Judge yes. strikes out a lot. Your pitching is not the best. No, but it's not. when you re sign DJ LeMahieu, don't act like he's your savior. He was on your team last Already. year. Already. Yeah. So I, I, I don't get, like, why it's like, wow, now we've got who we need. It's like, you already got who you needed. You had him. You needed yeah. more. You need pitching and you need relief help. And well, you need also, guys that don't give remember, up home runs. They don't. Ha- Tanaka hasn't signed yet. So that's another loss on their part. He might go back to Japan. There's, there's, there's rumors swirling. And good for him. Why Do not? you blame him? I don't really? blame him. That's the same really? thing why Sugano didn't sign with anybody. Because he's yeah. like, I'm not getting the money I want. I'm going to go back to a place that's going to pay me my money, and I'm yeah, comfortable right there. Right. So ultimately, at the end of the day, I think what the problem – I mean, obviously we're in a pandemic, but also um, I feel like the Yankees have changed this philosophy of theirs to the point where 
you can tell when an owner doesn't care about the team. And I'm not going to say that the Steinbriners don't care about the team. That's a family heirloom in a sense. But it seems as if Hal and the rest of the family um, don't really care too much about the team because, let's be real, they have money. Like, come on. They're the they're most valuable franchise in all of sports. You're telling me that they don't have money? Yeah. But either or, um, they've been trying to cut costs and um, – you know, the whole Stanton thing was a mess. And the only thing that's keeping them afloat is the fact that Brian Cashman is actually good at his job. That's yep. the only thing that's keeping them afloat because Cashman seems to find all these ragtag guys in Wilkes-Barre Scranton or he goes to a bodega, finds a guy who has some muscle on him, and then he ends up hitting 340 in his first three games as a Yankee. So, And then we're all cheering his name and wondering why they still have Stanton. Right. So... I can I, I I could probably say honestly that they probably tried to move that contract more than once because once you clear off that three hundred plus million dollar contract, mm-hmm. you can see how it would you know it would make them better. And actually, we can twist this back to the Mets too because you see, even with the Yankees having Stanton and a bunch of other guys on the team, that's a big contract, and they only have one of them. The Mets have the potential to have at least almost two large contracts in a sense, depending on if they sign anyone or if they pile on maybe one or two other guys. But what ends up happening is, is that when you have such a big contract, you can't invest because you have so much tied into that player. You also, and you, but you also just can't get rid of it without taking. No, you can't. But you see, you saw the trade for Stanton. They took all of his cap and didn't have to give up that much because. The ca- taking on the money was the trade chip. Was the chip, and yeah. that's why, like, that's why. If you, I'm gonna reel it back to the Mets also because you look with Brody Van Wagen and did with the Cano trade. When uh, you take Cano, even uh, though they took portion of his contract, it's still not good enough oh, because twenty million on the books. That's a lot of that's money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's just you give. I, I still see Jared um, Kellenick fucking videos and it, like i know depressed. i follow him on instagram Why you shouldn't unfollow him it's just now you're just hurting yourself on purpose but anyway so now that we've touched on the yankees enough let's move on to another sport uh i'm guessing we can move on to some hockey now i mean you could guess that yes because <laughs> that's what the next thing we're talking about is okay so the uh so let's see this is what the second week and all three teams have played a couple of games so far. Uh, the Rangers the, actually I, played the other two divisional rivals. The Rangers played. The Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils all seemingly have, have played each other in some form or fashion. So the um, Rangers played the Islanders for the first two games of the season, and their third game of the season was against the Devils. Obviously, the Islanders yeah. played the Rangers first two games of the season, and the and, Devils played the Rangers the other night. So the devil, the Devils opened up. Uh, home against uh the bruins against and took the bruins lo- lost in overtime well lo- i think lost in a shooter and then won in overtime wanted in overtime so i think they're actually one of the quote-unquote better teams right now because they did beat the rangers the other day which is depressing and let's talk about the let's talk about the devils really quick because i don't know i think i'm impressed with the devils i'm impressed with lindy ruff and i'm especially impressed with jack hughes Jack Hughes is taking strides because he gets ice time. Yes. Lindy Ruff. Be nice, isn't it? Lindy Ruff and his Devils, which 
as much as I did not like Lindy Ruff when he was here, I'm starting to think it really wasn't his fault that the Lindy defense Ruff was so is bad. A good coach. He's a good coach, all time winningest coach. I think. Time and time again. I think this is this is this stat amazed me when they came into the game, and it took them another two two and a half periods to actually beat this. But the Devils didn't let up an even strength goal, an even strength goal until the mm-hmm. third period of the Devils Rangers game on Tuesday, which just goes to show how well disciplined this young team is and how good Mackenzie Blackwood really is in net. Now, we already talked about Crawford retiring. It was a better thing for him. And Blackwood is ready to take over the first spot anyway. But watching him play against the Rangers and putting aside 47 of 50 shots, Mackenzie Blackwood is their number one goaltender. And it's just 100%. very interesting to see him versus Igor and and um, Georgiev. I almost said Georgiev like an idiot. Him and Georgiev. <laughs> and then there's also... Um, I think Varlamov and Sorokin for the Islanders. And it's just, look at this goalie battle in the metropolitan area. It's it's glorious because now it's just, first of all, it's just, if you really think about it, outside of the Devils, it's all just Russian. It's just, it's it's all, just it's, the Russians. It's just the Russians. You know, it was it was funny. You, you, a couple of years ago, it was it was Canada and Sweden, and now it's Russia, and United States and Canada. Yep. Because uh, Blackwood, I think, is Canadian, and I think I think Blackwood's American. Oh, either way, they're Canadian. North American. American. Let's go with that one. That's a North American that we can go on Russian. So, um, it's your the point that you make is very interesting because. You look at a team like the New Jersey Devils and outside of a couple of players here or there, they're just as young as the Rangers are. The only problem or the difference between the two teams is it seems as if the Devils are embracing playing Jack Hughes and just throwing him out there whenever they want to. And they don't have their other top pick in Nico And he sure is hurt. He's hurt. So they're giving Jack Hughes as much ice time as possible. Now we're going to flip the switch here and go over to the Rangers. Um, it seems as if the first three games, we've seen a lot of positives uh, with the team so far. Obviously, the goaltending's been a bit shaky, but, I mean, Georgiev played that good game against the Islanders game, too, which is fine. Um, but it seems the story with this team has been the same the last three years. It's inconsistency and unwillingness to play the kids in crucial moments. Not even crucial uh, moments, just play the kids in the offensive the zone. more than they need to, right. So, every time I noticed Capo Caco, Phil DiGiuseppe, and Philip Heedle out on the ice, they always did something. Why is it that they're not on the second power play unit? Why aren't they out there more? Why do I see Brett Howden more on the ice? Why does Jack Johnson get more ice time? What is going on? Now, I've been a very, very, I've been very limited on my criticisms of David Quinn. You've been Rangers. reasonable. That's the difference I, but, but, yeah, I, me and Russell. So, like, I've always wanted to see, like, how the team has gone forward in addressing certain things and, you know, um, how Quinn has been able to kind of use certain things. And, you know, people want to get on his case about Leah Sanderson. Okay, well, I agreed with him on the way they handled Leah Sanderson because Leah Sanderson couldn't play defense. And considering he was supposed to be a two-way forward, he didn't do the other part of the forward, and then he didn't even do the other part of the forward. You just, but that but then we can go back and say, well, why isn't he playing better minutes? 
Throw him well, down in Hartford. He's plays great. Bring him back to the NHL. He's playing fourth line minutes and well, having to kill here's penalties. The thing, though, when he was in Hartford, when they sent him back, he was not playing well either. He did not play. There well. was a time though when he was in Hartford, he was playing it, very well. It was very brief. I remember that. It was very brief. So I I I I made sure that in my assessment of Quinn and how the Rangers dealt with that that situation, you know, and they did try to throw him a couple times here or there but you can also make the case they didn't play him well enough but then also like i was at a game they were playing the senators and they got absolutely mollywopped um and anderson was all over the ice so they obviously saw something we didn't i saw that he was very irresponsible but anyways now we go over to this season it's a new season you have alexi lafreniere your top six is basically just full of kids and what do i see i see brett howden on the ice especially on the second power play unit after basically admitting to everyone that he kind of has a bit of a favoritism to Quinn, why are we not playing our top forwards, young forwards? Uh, why is Lafreniere not on the ice more? Why is Kako not on the ice more? Considering Kako has not only put on weight, he's been here for an extended period of time. Let him feel it out. That's how players get better. I'm beginning to get a bit of an, uh, annoyed now with the way he's handling things. Now, am I going to jump on the fire Quinn train just yet? Absolutely not. But if they decided to make a change right this instant, I'm not going to bat an eye. I said this. On so Twitter. you're you're on the the fire Quinn like caboose right now, like well, you're all the way at the end. You're not you're not leading the charge. You're like, no, I'm not let's see what happens. Charge, I can jump I'm, off and get my credibility back at the last yeah, second. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, well, <laughs> not even that. It's just more of just evaluating properly, and it's beginning to annoy me because. You look the prime example. Lindy Ruff knows what he's doing. Lindy Ruff is it's his first year with an equally young team with a first overall pick. You don't have your other star center. Your your defense is a questionable. You have a lot of new guys also. Your right. number one goaltender up and left and you still have what is it? 5 points in 3 games? Right. Which is amazing. You haven't lost That's yet great. in regulation. And so, here's the thing. This is why the coaching carousel is always a thing. Yeah. Because these guys know how to coach in the NHL. Yeah, and when they get fired, it's because, oh, we want to go in a different direction completely. It's just the it's philosophy not, change. It's, it's not, not It's not the guy himself, and it's not incompetence. But this is the thing. When you have a coach, a college coach that doesn't – that is supposedly supposed to be a prospect and young guy whisperer – who gets these younger kids to play better, for some reason, you don't play the young kids. And it's like, I'm going to go with Kreider, you know, Zabanajad, and Booch. That's fine. Keep your first line. They're the most effective line. line you had. Okay, now I'm going to have Artemi Panarin, Strom, and Kako. Well, let's not play Kako and Strom and Panarin. They didn't do that good against the Islanders. Let's mix it up. Let's put Laugh on that line. Not as natural right. position. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, let's play Howden. Let's put him on the second power play. He can't win a faceoff. The only person that can win a faceoff is nobody on this team. No one can win a faceoff. He's supposed to be that guy. He hasn't done well either. Look, I'm not going to blame guys for having a slow start to a season that makes no sense. This this season makes zero sense. And it's just a matter of time before we get games postponed and the season is over. Well, that's already happened. Yeah, well, thank you, Canes, and thank you, Caps, for actually ruining that. And Sharks. Sharks. And the Stars. stars, And the Stars, too. Not the Sharks. The Stars. So... no, I, I get what you mean with the whole canceled, the whole not canceled, the whole like, you know, not regular season. But the thing is, is that though, 
they're still playing hockey and they're still no but this is fine and these guys had extended time to get ready and i'm not blaming them for not having a hot start i'm blaming the coaching staff for playing certain guys look tony d'angelo took a really bad penalty that essentially cost the rest of the game for the rangers i'm not saying they're playing good before that all i'm saying is when you pair your literal best young stud defenseman with a guy who has the worst metrics in literally all of hockey and he makes him look good i think there's an issue there because he should be playing with a better partner right because imagine if you know fox was with miller or i'll even throw out smith he was with anybody else even tony d'angelo it'll be a better combination than jack fucking johnson but here's Mm -hmm. the thing they lose against the Devils after playing the same exact start after wiping out the Islanders, and you have the audacity to not put Jack Johnson in in the booth, and you keep him on the roster, and it's just like, who, why does Jacques Martin get to choose your defensive pairings? You're the head coach. You are the head coach of this team. Have a fucking backbone, because yeah, I th- these are the days I'm missing Tortorella. Because Tortorella yes, would be like, right. you play like shit, I'm taking you out. Yep. You you can't forecheck, you're gone. You can't even gone. cross the ice properly, you are gone. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing with Pierre-Luc, du- Pierre-Luc Dubois right now because he apparently has a vendetta against him. And he might be on the move soon, but he might be a ranger. But but you know, the, if the only. thing that, the, the, yeah, I know. But my the thing that annoys me too is like, the, he overcoaches. And I, 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 th- I thought it was just inexperience. The last season, he began to just let them play. And they did and better. What? And guess what? He let them play. Guess who started having a better second half of the season? They almost made it to the playoffs during the regular season when he just let them play. You know? And It's overthinking. It's just like, look. look I know if Brett Howden. Let's rewind. If Brett Howden was Brian Boyle. In this sense, Brian Boyle won a lot of faceoffs. His percentage is very good. You could realistically have the excuse: I'm going to put Bre- I'm going to put Brian Boyle on the first power play unit because he wins faceoffs. Then I'm going to take him out. He's a big dude. You just and he's a big Brian, dude. That's Brian another goalie. thing. But Brett Howden can't win faceoffs. Brett Howden isn't that big. You might as well put Jack Johnson in there to win a fucking faceoff. Who well, can't funny, even hit funny. the net with a oh, wide geez. open fucking lane? Oh my. Gosh, don't even bring that up. But let's talk. Let's talk about the Islanders because, yeah, because they're a team that knows their identity, has a good coach in Barry Trotz. And look, I, I get that they got routed by the Rangers. That was a revenge game for the Rangers. Like they, the Islanders oh, were going to win that no matter what. But yeah. the Islanders know who they are. They are a score first and reel back and make you frustrated. Anders Lee even said it. We play a boring style. game. We play a boring game, but it's effective, and that's how we win. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate watching the Islanders because they're such a boring team. But you want to know why? If you're listening to this, I hate the way your hockey team plays. (laughs) (laughs) And we can talk about we can talk to Rob soon about that because I'm sure he has a lot to say. But of course, you you're gonna see more one zero two one games from the Islanders because they're defensively responsible. You could see that in any of the games they played outside of like. The this Rangers. most recent one, the Rangers one, but I'm sure they'll have games <laughs> unlike that one in the future. I just think that the Islanders are more poised for another run just because they have a lot of the same cast. 
Mm-hmm. They could score when they need to, and their well, goaltending the is solid. Team out there, yeah. I mean, Varlamov hasn't got gave up a goal yet. Yeah, he's also hurt. So. You also got to think like maybe <laughs> yeah that too, but maybe Sorokin, if he was actually ready to play, maybe he would have been better. Maybe the Rangers don't win that game, right? And I just think that the Islanders are well poised to keep going. The Devils are a better chance, and then you have the Rangers who just look like they're fish out of water for some reason because you have a coach that just doesn't know how to do it oh that that's another thing that that annoys me is you know circling back to the rangers real quick seems like lindy ruff and barry trotz know how to prepare their teams and i've noticed that the devils have had a little bit more of a jump in their play from this season to last season and obviously lindy ruff having had experience in the league knows what he's doing Obviously, like you said, Barry Trotz, Stanley Cup winning coach. The guy knows what he's doing. Basically, he lucked into the hands of the Islanders. The guy basically knows what he's doing. He knows what style he wants. Lou Lamorello, for the most part, has given him the tools to play that boring hockey, and they know what he's doing. David Quinn has been in the league for three years, at least three years. He's had a feel for how things should go. He's got John Davidson, Jeff Gordon, and a wonderful staff to back him up and basically give him everything he needs and all of the resources to put out a good team. His coaching staff is tremendous. You know, that that uh, you know, say what you want about the guy. Greg Brown, Jacques Martin, and the rest of that Rangers coaching staff is phenomenal. They're they're analytically intuitive. They know how to they know how to put things right in front of them, but the team still comes out unprepared. And who does that fall on at the end of the day? It's the head coach. Yeah. So you can't you can't blame the players for being unprepared. You no, can't blame and, the players for what assignments they get or where they get thrown into. At a certain point, know, it's gonna get it. It's gonna have to be one of the players, and like you can't fire a whole team. You can't fire a whole team, and it's like <laughs> I understand you know benching Tony D'Angelo because he's an idiot and he doesn't score that. anymore and he can't defend. But look, if D- Tony D comes out next game against, I think, Pittsburgh, and has a phenomenal game, it's like, look, then you deserve to be on the lineup. Jack Johnson doesn't because he doesn't do that. He doesn't have an upside. His upside is being old. That's what it is. It's like, you have, you have veteran presence. That's all you got. Yeah. So, well, excuse before, me. Before, before we transition into basketball real quick, before we end the podcast, um, so basically, what in, so it's, it's a small evaluation We'll have to see what happens within the second and third months of the season. Not even all- second and third months. Every game is one and a half games. That's true. So basically what this is, is it's just an evaluation on how Quinn is going to be able to adapt again. But it's going to get to a point where you just get tired of having to see them come out. Con- Look, I'm a, like th- this team has arguably, out of all three teams, the Rangers arguably probably have the best natural skill amongst all of their they have the highest ceiling out of all three out of all three teams and they come out looking like garbage and at the end of the day you know your players may not be playing up to par okay that's perfectly fine but in the tortorella era even when they've lost games when they've looked quote-unquote bad they've never looked this bad there were, you know, no team is perfect, so there have been games where they just get absolutely washed. That's going to happen in your season. But I feel as if this always is a consistent theme, and it always takes them falling into a crater for them to go, 
oh, hey, let's not do this. Let's do something else. And this guy has to be pushed up against the wall in order to make a a, a decent decision. So even though there are warning signs 20 miles ahead saying 20 miles ahead, danger, crater. <laughs> right. So before we move on to another subject, I'll just say this. The Devils looking pretty good. Just let the kids play. Islanders, they're letting the guys who they need to let play. Rangers, best skill all against everyone else, let the kids play. So now we'll move on to some basketball here real quick. Kevin, I'll give you that real fast. But basically the next the Knicks and the Nets did something. I know they just acquired the Knicks. The Nets just acquired James Harden, if I'm correct. You are correct. Congratulations. Just, there is your contribution to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure whether the Knicks won or lost their last couple of games. The Knicks have been winning. They have been winning hard. after losing, I think, four or five straight. That's you know, Emmanuel Cl- Quickly and Obi Topin are, you know, looking great together. Um, I mean, that's all I need to say about the Knicks because the Knicks are a work in progress. The Knicks are a rebuilding team. And the Knicks have young guns who are actually. Hey, you want to know something, Jail? They're, you know, playing big minutes. Well, unlike, yeah, well, you know, some people. You but would think you would you don't you would think you would never hear that from the Knicks. a Knicks side versus the Knicks Rangers side. side you but always you know, think that it's like the Rangers side. So hopefully, yeah. you know, the Rangers will get back to that, but anyways. But anyways, yeah, so the net the Knicks are you know, they're everything's going according to plan. And if they stay 500, maybe they even get a playoff berth. Who knows cuz basketball, you could be, you know, you could have a .45 win percentage and three teams make the playoffs, which makes no sense to me. I know. And there's no such thing as dynasties. There's, there's no needs for regulations in basketball, whatever. Uh, as JL mentioned and contributed, I'm very proud of him. James Harden did get traded to the Brooklyn Nets from... What was the, what was the haul for that? The Seems haul like was a lot. haul and a half. I mean, basketball trades are unbelievable, especially for stars. Apparently, there's a rule you can't give back-to-back first-round picks year after year, so they gave them swap picks, and that basically means if the Brooklyn Nets have pick number 10 and the Houston Rockets have pick number 20, the Houston Rockets can select to choose to swap picks with them at the draft. Oh, dear. So there goes your plan. Complicated. So they gave up a lot of people. They gave up Jared Allen, also their big man, and, you know... It's, it's a lot. They gave him a lot, and personally, I, I, I don't blame them because they need another guy to help them win. I thought they were going to be fine on their own, even without Spencer Dinwiddie. But, you know, they, you trade for Harden, Katie's best friend, and then Kyrie Irving is off doing God knows what. He's playing tonight versus Cleveland. But, you know, Kyrie Irving's a big personality. James Harden's a big personality. Kevin Durant is a big personality. And have these big three... It's like it's gonna. We're gonna see what happens, and it's a it's an experiment. But again, their expectations are titles, not playoffs. They need to win a title, oh, they, they and if they win. don't within this year or next year, they have royally screwed themselves. It's another Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade, <laughs> 2.0, which will be uh, utterly depressing. I re- but I, I mean, fondly. yeah, and but I'm sure Russell will have to talk about stuff to talk about when he comes back. I'm sure yeah. he will also yell about the Rangers when he goes back because oh boy. why not? I never thought I would hear him say he wants Brendan Smith over somebody else. But <laughs> look, and I will say this, and I, Russell, if you got this far to, into the podcast, congratulations because I am about to admit something. You were right. 
I thought Jack Johnson was going to be here and be the seventh man maximum. And he's playing with Adam Fox, which is our nightmare. And you were correct. And I concede. And I'm sorry. Because (laughs) you were right and I was wrong. So there you have it. And if you hear this, you win $1 from me. If you see me on the street, please ask, hey, Kevin, listen to your podcast, Guys Creeper Sports. You owe me a dollar because you were wrong. Congratulations. Well, let's see how far Russell makes it when he listens to this podcast. But yeah. So, looks like that's a wrap on our podcast this it week. It is a wrap. It is a wrap for us tonight. Uh, we hope you've made it this far. If you have, congratulations. You did not fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, thank you very much for thank doing you, this again. You, oh, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, enough stroking each other off. Okay. I mean, so saying you... thank you is stroking each other off? Jeez. Correct. I mean, I mean uh, I'm not going to send a picture about it, but... No, who, who oh. Jared Porter? Oh, my Jared Porter. <laughs> um, so you can follow us on Twitter at SkySportsNYPod. You can also look for us on Instagram. Just look up Skyscraper Sports. Uh, Russell did this, does, does this thing. I think it's pretty cool uh, where he posts jerseys every so often. Um, the last jersey I think was posted was my John Olroot jersey. Fantastic jersey. It's a lovely jersey, and I've got a couple more on the way. Actually, just John Olroot jerseys in general because um, he's one of my favorite baseball players. Yeah, don't uh, say, J.L. You can follow Kevin on Twitter at Space Earthbender with one E because of the character limit. Thank you. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at J.L. Shapiro 8. I'm not going to give Russell's a handle because he's not here. I can still give it if you want. Russell Hartman won because Russell Hartman 2 was taken. Okay, so just for the record, <laughs> that's my joke, and now they're saying it, and they used to get mad at me for it. Well, no, anyway, it's a dumb joke. Just it like is a dumb joke. JL Shapiro 8 because 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 were taken. Okay, that's your dumb joke, and I hate it. See? Okay. Isn't it? Isn't it great? <laughs> no, but it just makes more sense because 2 is closer to 1. So, anyways, thank you all for listening, and we hope to hear you back from you soon. Please give us any feedback, like us, subscribe to us, you know. Tweet us, you know. If you want to be on the show, come on. We'll we'll bring you on. We'll we'll, we'll do it. Why not? Anyways, thank you all for listening. And usually this is the point where we say let's go something. But since we are a universal New York sports podcast, I'm just going to say sports. Ah, yes, sports. Ah, yes, sports. (laughs) Also, don't be a creep. No one likes dick pics. Good night.